So Money, episode 488, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. It's Ask Farnoosh time. Welcome back to So Money. How are you? I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. It is October 28th, Halloween weekend. Tell us what your plans are. I mean, we are, I'm, I'm, I'm here with Sophia, by the way. Sophia, welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So we've been talking about Halloween for a while now. Um, I think we've gotten Evan secure enough to be in his fire, uh, fire. <laughs> Uh, what is it? A fire truck costume, not a fireman costume. Um, and we'll be going to our friend's house upstate, which is going to be a nice kind of fall trip because, um, you know, the drive will be nice. And then they, they live in, um, they live near Sleepy Hollow, which of course is like the quintessential Halloween spot. So we're going to go there and, um, spend some time with other kids and other cool adults wearing uncomfortable costumes. I am not probably going to wear any. I'm going to be pregnant. That's my costume. I'm going to just wear something that, you know, embellishes my ever-growing bump. And, you know, the other day someone was like, you look so cute. And I'm like, this is as cute as it's going to get, people. Okay. I'm like five and a half months. And in about five weeks, 10 weeks, it's just going to be ugly and painful. And I think I'm just going to have to be home for the next. I mean, I don't know. I Maybe I'll just, I'll be fine, but I have a feeling it's going to be um, a tough winter. You uh, can be like, um, you can be like Rachel in that episode of Friends on Halloween when they ask her what she's being for Halloween and she's pregnant in that episode. And she says, I'm a woman who bought a cute dress and I'm not going to be able to fit into it in a couple of months. <laughs> so that's what I'm wearing. <laughs> Perfect. So I'll come up with a story. Yeah. I know this is what I really miss is is there's so many cute clothes out right now uh for fall and I can't wear any of them. And I before I got really big, I I made this I did this splurge, which I it it's just collecting dust in my shoe closet. It's this really cute gray suede pair of um over the over the knee boots. Hopefully next fall they'll still be in style. Oh, I'm sure they will. I hope because then I'm out a lot of money. All right. So that's my little rant before we get to the questions. And it seems this week, Sophia, we have a bit of a theme. We have some people who live abroad who are concerned about their credit scores. Yes, that does seem to be the theme. And our first question is from Brent. He's an American living as a resident in Canada. And right now he wants to know how he can maintain a good credit score here in the States in case he ever moves back. He says the exchange rate makes money transfers to the U.S. painful, and he doesn't want to find a reason to spend U.S. dollars if he doesn't have to. I guess that's just, a, you know, the price of moving to uh, a foreign country where you have a credit card that's based in the U.S. and wanting to maintain good credit. So it just sort of depends on how important this is to you. And maybe, you know, you don't have to go and spend a lot of money on this card. What you could do to keep your costs low and the, and, and therefore the, the rate exchange rate not to be that big of a burden, Brent, is to just tie this credit card to one small expense a month. Maybe it's a $50 expense or something that you are committed to paying off regularly. And that will help to maintain that credit card in good standing and you can continue to build credit. 
And then Will has a question. He's a U.S. citizen. And he moved. He was living in the U.K. And now he lives back in the U.S. Okay. So he's a U.S. citizen. He was living in the U.K. He's moved back to, the, to America. And um, he's having some issues with credit. Yeah. So he has a great credit score in the UK, but then now that he's back in the US, he's trying to build his score here back up. And so he started applying for a bunch of credit cards and he's getting denied. He has four hard inquiries on his credit report and he wants to know the quickest way he can improve his credit. And he also wants to apply for a mortgage. Okay. I wish he'd asked me this question before he applied for all these credit cards. Good news is that credit inquiries, hard credit inquiries don't stay on your credit report forever. Um, within a year, they start to lose their effect and then they drop off your credit report after two years. A foreclosure could stay on your credit report for seven, 10 years, but this is minor. The other thing I would say is if he wants to start really establishing credit and uh, avoid getting denied all the time is to go open up a secured card. A secured card is a card that you can open up uh, at virtually any bank, credit unions, community banks. It's a piece of plastic. You load it with your own money, usually $300, $500 to start, not huge uh, credit limits. Credit, I put in quotes because it's really your money. And then you go and you spend on this card as if it were a credit card. You pay off the bill <clears throat> every month like you would a credit card, but you're really just paying yourself back. So there's no risk to the bank. It's really your money that you're using and paying back yourself every month with this card being the vehicle, the secured card. You use this card well for a year, meaning you're using it and paying off the balance in full every month, like a credit card. Within a year, you could graduate into a real credit card. This is really like a credit card with training wheels. The good news about secured cards also, for the most part, is something you want to definitely verify before you open one. But most times, the activity on that card does get reported to your credit report. So if you act well with this card, you pay off a bill every month in full, that does translate into a gold star on your credit report. So you're establishing credit while you're using this card. It's not going to be a full-fledged credit card. But if you are responsible with it, then in about a year, you could apply up to a real credit card with a real line of credit from a bank and um, start to fortify your credit profile that way. As far as getting a mortgage, I don't see that in your near future right now because you don't have credit, really, a credit history in the US. These are all really good questions. I guess um, it's it's tricky because uh, our credit system is our credit system. It's the US credit system. It's not a universal credit system. So you have to play by the US's rules when it comes to establishing credit here. And, you know, secured cards are a very popular vehicle for people like you, Will, who are expats um, coming back to the States or, you know, people who are coming back after a huge setback in their financial life, a foreclosure, a short sale, things like that, bankruptcy. It's a great way to slowly but surely rebuild credit. And then we have Charity who um, lives in Japan. Yeah, so she lives abroad in Japan. international episode of So Money. (laughs) I know. Um, So her and her husband do well financially when they have gigs lined up. They're performers. Mm -hmm. And she wants to know what your financial advice for people who have good but unstable careers is, other than just getting a new career because they like what they do. Um, But they make about $100,000 per year combined. They have a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA, which both amount to $8,000. So what I would say is for anyone who has 
unstable income and that's me. <laughs> you know, I basically don't have a like a nine to five job where I get paid every two weeks. Sometimes I miss that because I can't always foresee what my monthly budget will be. Uh, however, once you kind of get on a good pace of earning, and in this case, it sounds like they're doing really well, both making a combined income of $100,000 a year. They love their jobs. So I would just say that you want to be really careful about your savings, savings cushion. You have retirement, which is great, but what about rainy day? You know, what if you go three months dry and don't make any money? Could you still pay for your living expenses? And that is the biggest risk of working for yourself and not having a consistent paycheck is is that rainy day um, because you don't know what's around the corner. You might have a great month and then you might have a very quiet six months. So it's really important to have, I think for freelancers and people who uh, not knowing when their next paycheck is going to be, to have about a year's worth of rainy day savings tucked away. Oh, that's aggressive. Um, so you don't have to get this figured out overnight, but work towards that. And maybe you have already three months and that's all right. But I would say if you have extra money to put that towards the rainy day, cushion that to about a six month, nine month place, um, and then double down on the retirement accounts. Yeah, it's tough. I know. Just get into a, a really devoted habit of saving 20% of every paycheck immediately and putting that in savings. And then by the end of the year, hopefully you'll have a really solid cushion. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from. The drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your website today. The result is stunning. Would you ever consider going freelance, Sophia? I, I would just because I've heard so many success stories of people making more money than you do in, in a corporate job. Yeah. You definitely can make more money. The caveat is that you also have to pay for your own expenses that sometimes an employer pays for, right? So like health right. insurance and, you know, even for me, I was, oh, that was scary. Um, and I also missed like having silly things like access to a free phone and a copy machine and a desk <laughs> that I could go to. Yeah. Like working from home is definitely, you know, all it's up, all it's made out to be. However, it's nice to also go into an office and, and be with people and collaborate. So there's pros and cons, but certainly once you kind of figure out, hey, I can make all this money and then you really learn how to optimize your taxes, that's the sweet spot. So sometimes hiring like a good bookkeeper or a CPA could be worth every penny because they could save you a ton of money on the tax end. And then you end up coming out ahead as a freelancer. And then we have this question from Jessica who wants to learn how to invest more. I love how yeah. I love when women want to learn how to invest more. We need more questions <laughs> like this. 
Yeah, so she's a recent college grad, and she wants to learn more about how to invest and how much she should invest when she starts making some money. Mm -hmm. She wants to know if you have any book recommendations for millennials or maybe like older podcast episodes that she should reference. My advice is that once you get that job, you invest in your company's 401k or 403b, whether you're working in private or public sector. Hopefully there is a retirement plan there for you. If it's a big enough company with enough resources, typically there is something like that. And they may even match your contribution. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, open up the uh, 401k immediately. Don't hesitate. I would say a good uh, savings rate for of the 401k is anywhere from 10 to 15% of your paycheck. That may seem like an impossible amount of money to put towards retirement at this stage, but rest assured, it won't be painful because it will be automatic coming out of every paycheck. And it's a lot easier that way than have you do it yourself after the fact, after you get paid. It'll feel um, more painful. And then you get to get also lower your tax exposure. So you'll make some money back in April when you file your taxes, hopefully. If you don't have access to a 401k, then the next best option would be a Roth IRA, especially if you're young and you're making a starting salary. A Roth IRA is fantastic in the sense that it allows you to save for retirement and um, the money is saved post-tax, but you get to withdraw the money in retirement uh, tax-free. So that's the benefit. It's a little different than a 401k, whereas you get the tax benefit today. With a Roth IRA, you get the tax benefit when you go to withdraw the money in retirement. and But then also your contributions to a Roth IRA are available to you at any time. So that's another reason people like it because it's a kind of a hybrid vehicle. Yes, it's for saving for retirement, but in an emergency, you could also take out your contributions and pay for some other necessary expenses. And again, for that, I would say try to max it out. It's not as high of a contribution limit as a 401k. The limit for the Roth IRA this year is $5,500. So do that. And maybe you could do both. If you've got the 401k and you've got some money left over, also open up a Roth IRA. It's a great way to diversify your tax exposure and retirement. When you're young, and Sophia, you've I'm like preaching to the choir here because you know this, but it's <laughs> yeah. like when you're young, compound interest is is magical. And you know, the charts show that when you're 25 and let's say you save ten dollars a day in a Roth IRA, right? And um you turn 35 and you stop. So t- for 10 years, you put 10 bucks in a Roth IRA. And every year it, it you know compounds the interest rates, say 5% on average. So then you stop and then you arrive at 65 and you've got all this money because it continues to compound. Even though you're not adding money, that money compounds, compounds, compounds. You will have more money in retirement than someone who starts to save at 35 when you stopped the same amount of money, $10 a day, for 30 years at the same rate. So there you go. Starting early and letting your money compound early, even if you let it sit for another decade or 30 years, will be a boatload of money for you in retirement. So take advantage of your youth and the fact that you're just you and maybe you don't have dependents, you don't have a mortgage yet, and you can put this money all towards you. You can be selfish with it. So take advantage of that. And so whereas I think she was asking me about like stocks and how much to invest in stocks and how to learn more about like day trading maybe or investing, that's not something that we really like to 
promote on this show, you know, there's definitely something to be said about educating yourself about stocks and learning how, you know, the volatility and, and, and how stocks move and what, what, um, what moves, what drives markets. I, I mean, I have a background in that as well. It's very helpful as you're investing for retirement, but we take a very passive approach here on the show where we like to, you know, just stick with the low fee funds, index funds, ETFs, and trust that over the next 30 years, if we start young, that we'll end up with a positive gain. And it's not about worrying about the gyrations in the stock market. Oh my gosh, I need to react to this to this news today because uh, the Dow is down, you know, one percent or whatever. Again, that's all good context, and there are lots of books out there. There have been guests on this show from. Uh, Frank Curzio. Just look up the archives. Look up investing in the search menu at so many podcasts. And I'm sure you'll find a lot of um, archived episodes that can give you some more context. And there are a lot of great books too out there as well. Warren Buffett's written a number of them. And so I would start there. And then we've got one last question from Carrie or Carl. Uh, it's from Carrie. Carrie and okay. she- I have my glasses on today and I still can't read. <laughs> So she wants to know if you don't want to get married, how do you prepare for your future? Does it still make sense to buy a home or and how should you save for retirement? Hmm. I don't really know if there's a difference. <laughs> I think that if you want to buy a home, you should buy a home. If you want to save for retirement, you should save for retirement. And I don't think that the 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 strategy is any different. Of course, when you're married, there's more money, presumably, to go around, and that could mean that you could get a bigger house or you could have more for retirement as a couple. But even if you're married, I would say you need to look out for number one. <laughs> That's you. You know, you need to make sure that you're saving for your retirement and that your partner is saving for his retirement. And hopefully you'll both arrive at retirement together and there'll be mo- lots of money to go around. But you should always think very autonomously when it comes to your money sometimes. Um, Even when you're married, it's important to maintain some financial autonomy, to have some freedom with how you spend and how you save and how you plan for the things that you want to buy. You know, Carrie, I don't, I don't really have any different advice for you. I would just say sometimes when we have this expectation that we're going to get married, we might not be so insistent upon ourselves to save or invest or because we're like, oh, one day there'll be two of me, two incomes, more money. I can rely, be dependent on my partner or rely on my partner for some support. That's definitely an advantage to being married. But I think you should always still be able to stand on your own two feet. You should always, that should always be the goal. Um, because that's just icing on the cake when you get married and your partner can be a source of support for you and vice versa. Um, but you shouldn't expect that and you shouldn't, that shouldn't be the reason that you want to get married. You do what you want to do and you do the math for you and you save for you. Um, it's true that as women, we live longer than men. So you might want to put that, take that into consideration. So Carrie, make as much money as you possibly can. That's the bottom line. <laughs> just live your life to the fullest earn to the fullest, save to the fullest. And if you get married one day, fantastic. You'll be, you'll be a catch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. And read my book, uh, When She Makes More, because sometimes that happens when you're in a relationship. But even if you're not in a relationship and you're a woman who's got a lot of financial independence on your own two feet, how do you navigate the dating world? What happens when you think you want to get married? You could change your mind. You know, I thought I wasn't going to get married one day. I had definitely a moment when I was like 20 and I was like, I think I'm good. 
I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm just going to not get married, but you're allowed to change your mind. So come back if you change your mind. Maybe I'll have uh, some more advice for you then. But thanks, for Sophia, for ushering these questions in and all of you for submitting your questions. I hope it was helpful. And we always like to hear back from you. So when you take our advice or not take our advice or take our advice and things don't go well, let us know. Let's continue sharing and um, keep learning. Thanks and have a great weekend. I hope it's so money. Money.